If you don't know me, my name is Jamie Moore. I serve as one of the elders and pastors here. Uh, and uh, my goal this morning is to do a little bit of teaching, to talk about some of our four priorities. Uh, but mainly, most importantly, uh, we're going to uh, have an opportunity to bring Dennis and Marianne up here uh, to lay hands on them, to pray over them, to commission them, and to send them on sabbatic and into their next uh, stage of ministry. We're, we're sending them just like the Antioch church sent Paul and Barnabas. So that's what we're doing today. Uh, but before I jump into that, I, I do want to acknowledge uh, the events of this weekend with the overturning of Roe versus Wade, which is a significant and important thing that has happened in our country. It's a very significant thing. And that there have been uh, men and women and children who have been praying for decades, five in fact, Right, Zeke? <laughs> so this is a significant time, and I want to give us a chance to pray. And I also want to say, this is also a time for believers to be winsome and gospel-speaking to others who are very upset about what happened. Yeah. People who have fear and anxiety right now it's time for the church to speak with gospel presence. Yes, yes. So I want to encourage us, uh, us to celebrate, yes, and to speak truth and gospel freedom as well. Yes. And to acknowledge that there are people that are scared, angry, frustrated, and think that people are out to get them. So I just want to acknowledge the complexity of today, right, of this weekend. So just like Jehoshaphat said in 2 Corinthians 20, verse 12, he said, Yahweh, we do not know what to do, but our eyes are on you. So let's pray. Let's just enter into a time of prayer. I'm going to invite you, if you want to pray verbally, out loud, to go ahead and pray. If you want to pray internally, pray as well. We're just going to enter into a season of prayer right now. I'll start us off. Abba, we come, and we acknowledge this weekend... We acknowledge the Supreme Court decision to overturn Roe versus Wade. We acknowledge the complexity of this moment. We celebrate and rejoice life, and we thank you. So hear our prayers. So Father, we thank you for this weekend. We thank you for the results of this weekend. Um, above all, I ask that the glory of Jesus would shine all over our world. I ask that your kingdom would come and your will would be done here as it is in heaven. We thank you for the great truth that all humans are made in your image and that we are bearers of the image of the great triune God, the Father, Son, and Spirit. We thank you for this truth we thank you for the moral compass that is you. And I ask, Holy Spirit, that you would help us as a church to speak salty words and truthful and loving, gracious words to our neighbors and our friends. And I ask, Holy Spirit, that you will come and open the eyes of the blind to see Jesus in all of his glory.
We thank you, Father. We thank you, Son. We thank you, Holy Spirit. And we ask that you will make us a church that represents you well in the days to come. That we would bear not just your image, but we would bear your grace and freedom and truth as well. And all God's people said, Amen. Amen. Okay. One last bit of logistics, just so that you're aware. The plan is that we will finish this service at 5 till the hour at 9.55. Uh, give ourselves about a five-minute break, and then we will have congregational meeting at 10 o'clock. So I just want to make sure everyone's aware of that. This is our annual business meeting. We have some discussion. Uh, so 10 a.m., the plan is that we will be in the midst of congregational meeting. If you've been here for any amount of time, you know that that means that our service is like this now uh, compared to what we've been doing. So... Um, what we've been doing this month, the month of June, is we've been looking at our four priorities. Elders met, prayed, sought the Lord. Other leaders, other small group leaders, other staff prayed, sought the Lord. Felt like the Lord said to us four priorities for this season. This is an interesting season of transition, change. And uh, those four priorities, we've been looking at them each Sunday of June. First priority we looked at uh, two weeks ago, but that first priority was the intentional pursuit of God, that we want to seek God's face that the priority for us as a church family is that we are seeking God, that we're like Moses saying to God, show us your glory, show us who you are, that we want to be a people that intentionally pursue the Father, Son, and Spirit. The second priority that we looked at, we looked at the very first Sunday of June, which was Pentecost. We looked at the priority which we're calling gifted and going for it. And that priority is saying that we as a church family, we want to make sure that everyone knows what their spiritual gifts are, and are using them, both in the church, but also for the advance of the kingdom all around them. So equipping and encouraging and teaching and allowing space for people to discover their spiritual gifts and to use their spiritual gifts. That's the second priority. Third priority we looked at last week, which is to lead open-handed. And that priority is communicating the fact that we want to be the kind of people that make our plans, yes, we want to be people that are prepared and make plans and seek the Lord. But we also want to be the kind of people that if the Lord changes, we're not, our plans are not God, God is God. Does that make sense? Yeah. That there's a willingness to say, well, he's the boss. I made this plan. I'm, I, I think this is what the Lord wants, but he's now doing this, so I'm going to follow him. I'm going to lead open-handed. I'm going to follow him in everything that I do. And James says this. He says, some of you are like saying, on this day or that day, I'm going to go to this place or that place. I'm going to do business. And he says, what you should say is, if the Lord wills, I will go to this place or that place. Isn't that what the scriptures say? Which, by the way, the businessman is still making plans. The plans are not the bad thing. It's when the plans become God instead of God being God. Fourth priority that we're looking at today, last priority, is what we're calling who's next. And that priority communicates a desire that our church family is committed to development and succession. And it's born out of the process between Dennis and myself. That we are all a part of Marymount Church, but, but do you know that Marymount Church didn't start with us and it won't end with us unless the Lord comes back, right? But there are generations that have handed the baton 
Generation after generation after generation. And forget Marymount Church. How about just the global church, right? That we are in a long line of bearing the gospel witness to the next generation. And so the picture of who's next is literally happening like today. <laughs> Dennis and Marianne have served for 18 years here in this place. And we as a church family committed over the last three and a half years or so, is that right? I came in 2019. Uh, to have a succession plan rather than just Dennis leaves and then you just find some person to just show up that you don't know. But to actually have a family that is committed to developing <laughs> So that every ministry in our church feels like family development. So that the children's ministry and the youth ministry become the leaders and pastors and elders of Marymount Church. Because we've developed them. Does that make sense? That's what that priority is about, is who's next. So I just want to briefly look at Acts chapter 13. Would you turn to Acts chapter 13 with me? Marymount Church, uh, we have... We've used the language of, of Marymount Church having the spirit of Antioch. And so I just want to briefly talk through a couple of components of Antioch in Acts chapter 13. Acts chapter 13, verses 1 to 4 is where we're going to just briefly look at the text. Acts 13, verse 1 to 4 Luke writes this. He writes, Now there were in the church at Antioch prophets and teachers, Barnabas, Simeon, who was called Niger, Lucius of Cyrene, Manain, a member of the court of Herod the Tetrarch, and Saul. Now while they were worshiping the Lord and fasting, the Holy Spirit said, Set apart for me Barnabas and Saul, for the work to which I have called them. Then, after fasting and praying, they laid their hands on them and sent them off. Verse 4, So, being sent out by the Holy Spirit, they, that is Saul and Barnabas, they went down to Seleucia, and from there they sailed to Cyprus. Father, we give you this text, and I ask that you will speak and give revelation to us. And it's in Jesus' name we pray. Amen. So Antioch, we see this church north of Jerusalem in modern-day Turkey. We also understand earlier, I think it's in chapter 11, the Bible says that it's in Antioch that the, that the believers were first called Christians in Antioch. And it's so interesting. I want you to see what's happening in Antioch, and I want to make parallels with what is a part of Marymount Church's DNA. It says, now there were in the church at Antioch prophets and teachers. Now, isn't that interesting? There's prophets and teachers. Maybe it's just interesting to me. <laughs> but a lot of times when we think about church leadership, we think about elders and teachers, don't we? But here, the leadership of Antioch Church is actually called by prophets and teachers. Now, I'm not implying that there weren't elders. I'm just saying that's an interesting thing. That the leadership is characterized in Antioch by prophets and and teachers. Now, we know in chapter 11 that there were prophets in Jerusalem that were sent to Antioch. So we know there's been development that's happening. Now, the, the connection with uh, Marymount Church, I just want to say, 
Marymount Church has been a church that is continually trying to hold the tension between word and spirit. And that tension is found in prophets and teachers, isn't it? Prophets, many times, symbolizing, reflecting the Spirit's work. <laughs> that God is speaking through the prophets, is speaking to individuals, to the followers of Jesus. That God is speaking directly in the ears of those who are listening, the followers of Jesus. It represents a fairly charismatic and Spirit-led thing. So in Antioch, you had this charismatic, prophetic thing happening. Also, in Antioch, you have this teaching thing happening. And as a congregation, I think most of us feel very comfortable with the teaching leadership, don't we? But God is actually doing something here at Marymount Church. He's been doing it, and he will continue to do it, where not only will there be teachers that are leaders, but there will be prophets here that are leaders here at Marymount Church. That we are open both to the teaching of the Word of God and also we are, we are very interested in hearing God speak to us directly. Does that make sense? It's fascinating. In Antioch, you had Word and Spirit together. In Antioch, it wasn't just the teachers and it wasn't just the prophets. In Antioch, it wasn't just teaching only and no work of the Spirit. And in Antioch, it wasn't prophets only, a bunch of charismatic stuff happening, but no one ever knows the Bible. Are you all hearing me? But there were prophets and teachers. It was word and spirit. And that's true of Marymount Church as well. Now, after he says there are prophets and teachers, he lists some leaders. And I want you to see the diversity of these leaders. You have Barnabas, who we know is from uh, Cyprus. Simeon, who is called Niger, many people believe that word Niger, many people believe that this was a black man from North Africa. So you have what, was, what is now modern-day Turkey, you have a black man from Africa leading the church in Antioch. Are you all seeing this? Just want to make sure. Lucius of Cyrene, by the way, Cyrene is North Africa, another African. Manane, a member of the court of Herod, the Tetrarch. So many, many people believe what that means is this individual grew up in the household of Herod. <laughs> he was Prince Harry's best friend. Are y'all hearing me right now? This is an elite educated guy. He had the best training. And then, of course, Saul, who was trained as a Pharisee of Pharisees. Do you see the diversity here? Leadership. <laughs> you have an islander from Cyprus, right? <laughs> you have a Levite islander from Cyprus. <laughs> you have an African leaders, two of them. You have an elite royal class leader. <laughs> And then you have a Pharisee of Pharisees in Saul leading the church. Do you see the diversity that's there? And I'll be honest with you, Merrimont is sort of there. But I think the Lord wants to bring even greater diversity to our leadership as a church family. Men and women of different socioeconomic status. Men and women who don't look like each other. Are you all hearing what I'm saying? That's what the Lord is doing as well. Let's keep going. Verse 2, while they were worshiping the Lord and fasting. See, this was a, a church that was committed to worship and prayer, weren't they? <laughs> I 
And when they got together, they, they were committed to the worship of God and to fasting, pursuing. It sounds like the priority of show us your glory, intentional pursuit of God. Isn't that what it sounds like? It sounds like a church that's committed to, like, we're going to give up food. We're going to fast so we can get more of God. And in the context of worship, I just want you to see, worship precedes mission. I just want you to see that. Let me say that again. Worship precedes mission. I'm going to say that a third time, just to make sure. Worship precedes mission. You can send as many people, you can, you can drive people to do mission, but if they're not worshipers, they don't do mission well. <laughs> the best servants of God are the ones who are in love with God. The best representatives of God to a world that needs to hear the kingdom are those who are enthralled with the kingdom. Worship precedes mission. While they were worshiping the Lord and fasting, the Holy Spirit said, everybody say said. The Holy Spirit said, said. The, Holy, the third member of the Trinity said, does, anybody, does that strike anyone else as strange? The third member of the Trinity said something. Now, if you're a cessationist and you don't believe in the continuing works of the Spirit and you don't believe in prophecy or prophets, then you're going to have to find a passage that says, Dear Church of Antioch, send Paul and Barnabas out. You'd have to do that. Isn't that true? <laughs> See, God is speaking. God is speaking direct things to this church that are not found in Scripture. Are y'all, you understand what I'm saying? The Holy Spirit said, and what did he say? He said, set apart for me Barnabas and Saul for the work to which I have called them. Today, we are literally setting apart Dennis and Mary Ann to the work to which he has called them in this next season. They're going to the Camino to share the gospel over 500 miles. Isn't that right? You know that song, I Would Walk 500 Miles? <laughs> Sorry, it's a little dated reference. And then when they come back from sabbatic, there, there is a ministry calling on Dennis and Marianne for the city of Cincinnati and for the world. Amen. Yeah. Yep. That we get to commission and to prepare and to release now, one of the great benefits, of course, is they're, they're coming back, just like Paul and Barnabas would come back to Antioch as well. Verse 3, Then after fasting and praying, they laid their hands on them and sent them off. I love the obedience of this church. Did you see it? They're worshiping and fasting. They hear the Holy Spirit say, Paul and Barnabas, put them there. Pray over them and send them out. And they're like, okay, we didn't have that in the plan for the worship service, but I guess we're going to do that. Y'all know what I'm saying? These are leaders in the church. What if you were in a worship service and God said, this, this leader is gone. Like, pray over them, send them. That sounds like, doesn't it? Most churches think to themselves, no, we need to keep all the good leaders. No, we, we don't want to send them. We, we don't, no, we don't want to send them. We need them here. Are y'all hearing me this morning? But who's next? Has a, we'll send the best leaders to go and plant churches. 
Okay, I got to keep going. I love the obedience. After fasting and praying, they laid their hands on them and sent them off. Verse 4. So, being sent out by the Holy Spirit. Who sent them out? It's interesting. Who sent Paul and Barnabas out? The Holy Spirit. So, being sent out by the Holy Spirit, they went down to Seleucia and from there sailed to Cyprus. We are laying hands on Dennis and Marianne, yes, but make no, mis- make no mistake. It's the third member of the Trinity. The same power that raised Jesus from the dead is actually sending Dennis and Marianne out. And we get to partner in that. So there's a spirit of Antioch on Marymount Church. And really, in some ways, it's a DNA thing for all churches to be committed to worship and prayer, to be committed to word and spirit, to be committed to diversity. to be committed to succession and to regular development and sending out and to be committed to quick obedience to the Spirit of God. Spirit of Antioch here in this place. Can I pray for us? And then we're going to bless Dennis and Marianne. Does that sound good? Let me pray for us. Abba, I thank you for this day. Thank you for Antioch. Thank you for what we get to see behind the curtain of what you are doing in this church. And I ask that all the best things about Antioch would also be true of Marymount Church. I ask Holy Spirit that you will come. you would give us a spirit of worship and fasting. I ask Holy Spirit that you will come and give us an openness to word and spirit. Holy Spirit, I ask that you will come and continue to develop in us a spirit of racial reconciliation and diversity. Holy Spirit, I ask that you will come, that you will increasingly make us open-handed and quick to obey. Jesus, we honor you and we thank you. And it's in your name that we pray. Amen. Okay, I think this is about how we're going to do it. Marianne will not like this. So we're going to put Dennis and Marianne right up here, and we've got, being open-handed, we've got eight minutes. We've got seven minutes and 36 seconds. That's leadership. I like it. Yeah, Dennis and Marianne, why don't you just come up here? This is what I like for us to do. If you've got a 30-second word of affirmation, thanksgiving, blessing that you want to speak, I just want to give a couple of minutes to any verbal affirmation. I'll run a mic to you that you want to verbally affirm, Dennis and Marianne. So Jesus said that 
There's no greater love than for someone to lay down their life for a friend. And you guys uh, are beyond our ability to count, have given your life yeah. and laid down your life for us, your friends. Thank you. That's good. I was just asking the Lord what he wanted to say to you guys. And um, well done, good and faithful servants. Um, like, as a jovial father, like, just excited. Mm. That's what I heard. And um, to the degree that you have devoted yourselves in the past 18 years is the degree that he's going to bless what's coming in the mm. future. So. Mm. That's good. I have checked every concordance I can, and I don't see the word retirement. <laughs> and uh, I have a good friend that says God wastes nothing. So uh, I'm looking forward to seeing how God takes everything from the time you were born in Canada, Canada to this minute and mm. see it play out in new ways in the next chapter. And I just want to thank you for your leadership uh, Marianne, for your prayers for Dennis all those years <laughs> that were answered overseas, mm. for your leadership for the women, um, and Dennis, for your leadership for the men. We really appreciate it. And we'll be praying for you that your knees hold up. Mm -hmm. That's a good prayer. Thanks. And Dennis, like most of us, you married up. <laughs> <laughs> I just want to take this time to say, Dennis, thank you for teaching me how to be a great learner and a better teacher. Thank you for teaching mm. me how to eat and to feed. I, I learned all that from you. I was very broken when I got here. Mm. And now I feel like a mighty warrior. And I just want to say thank you, Mary Ann. Um, you all have loved me well. Um, I can be a handful. And I've been <laughs> so loved and uh, protected and covered by you. Not a great big difference in our age, but you all feel like parents to me. And I thank you for that. God bless you. Mm, that's good. Just a couple more. I know we could do this all day. I just want to thank you both for modeling, being sold out for Jesus, and loving Jesus. It's, it's been awesome. Yeah, 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 it's good. Yeah, John. Cardio. Okay, here we go. Can you walk today? <laughs> Guys, I just want to thank you. It's, uh, it doesn't seem like 18 years. It just seems like such a, a quick time with you guys. I'm gonna miss both of you guys as you're away, but I'm thankful you're coming back. So mm -hmm. anyway, we love you. We could like do this side and then like, I'm, not, I'm, not trying to, I'm not trying to micromanage. Acts 20, 27, you did not shrink back from declaring the whole counsel of God. It was always, you always preached the word. So I appreciate that. Yeah. No matter the consequences. Yeah, that's good. That's good. I just want to thank you for your, um, your intentionality and relationship and your, your, um, motherly and fatherly love that you've shown me. Um, hmm. I have one more thing. And I just want to say you both have a beautiful way of meeting people 
where they're at and loving them in the pit where they're at and yet challenging them to be all that God created them to be and encouraging them. So thank you. I would not be able to step into what God has for me if it wasn't for the two of you. That's kind of what mine was. <laughs> Thank you for changing the trajectory of my life. Mm. Yeah. Mm. I, I, I don't know where I would be if it wasn't for you guys. Mm. That's good. All right, Judy. Dennis and Marianne. Oh. <clears throat> I give you a lot of credit for the changes in our lives. Beginning with my daughter Sammy, Michael and I, my parents, you and Harry came up with us. We are a work in progress, but you guys have been a great role model. Thank you. Mm. We're gonna miss you, but gonna be back. Dennis Marianne, I just want to thank you for leading us on that trip to Israel a couple of years ago, even though the weather was really cold and rainy, but it was a life-changing event for uh, Karen and I, so thank you. I hope you continue to do that. Okay, this is what we're going to do. We're going to take our last six minutes here. I'm being open-handed. Uh, Let's come around and lay hands on Dennis and Marianne. And once you get here, just begin praying. And then I'll close this here in a, in a second. Yes, 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 and amen. And all God's people said, Amen, amen, amen. amen.